Greetings, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris, LLP, uh, along with my wonderful colleague, Jonathan Armstrong. We're bringing you your weekly Tech Law 10 podcast. I'm based here in San Francisco on a relatively overcast day, and Jonathan, I understand last night there was some discussion and thoughts regarding the right to be forgotten. So hopefully you haven't forgotten that discussion and you can enlighten us. Well, I hope so. I'll, I'll, uh, enlightenment might be, a, might be a target to reach, but I'll, I'll try and get as far as I can towards that goal. Um, yeah, last night there was a really good debate, actually, uh, hosted by uh, ITN, the, um, the uh, broadcaster, the news broadcaster for independent television in the UK, ITV, the leading independent broadcaster, and the Media Society. And it was an excellent event. Thanks to them for inviting uh, me and a a colleague along to the event. And they had about 300, I want to say, movers and shapers in the media world uh, to a live debate on the right to be forgotten. Now, the right to be forgotten we talked about before. There's uh, two rights to be forgotten in essence. There's a statutory proposal to cover the whole of Europe, which isn't yet in. And there's this case involving Google that we talked about a few weeks ago uh, from May time, where the uh, a leading European court said that the right to be forgotten already exists. Now, um, we're getting into the stage where people are, um, unfortunately, the prophecies that we gave in our last podcast of uh, mayhem have uh, proved to be true. And I take no satisfaction, I'm afraid, on this occasion in being right. Uh, We, I think, uh, predicted that that it would be a mess. The information commissioner, the data regulator, for the UK uh, was at the conference last night and he said that they're already seeing what he predicts to be a tsunami of cases. So to recap on what the procedure is, if you wish to be forgotten, you wish to alter, you're a European citizen and you wish to alter the links that Google is providing against your name, you can fill out a form, complain to Google, Google review it. If you're unhappy with their review, you can complain to the data regulator in each of the EU states. And that's almost the stage of the process that we're at now. Google is starting to remove some links. They've even removed links uh, to news sources without telling people. So Robert Peston, one of the BBC's leading journalists, wrote an article on compliance issues at a well-known U.S. bank. And those articles have mysteriously vanished. Uh, There was some media furore, and Google have re-established those links. So we're already seeing some challenging cases. The uh, head of uh, compliance at ITN said that he hasn't seen uh, similar activity in his 30 years of being a compliance lawyer. And John Whittingdale, MP, who chairs the House of Commons Select Committee that looks at these issues and famously intervened in the uh, News International investigation, thinks that it is so serious that the UK Parliament should take a close look at the decision and, and 
potentially introduce new law to overrule the European Court's uh, decision. So it's uh, becoming, as I say, a huge issue here. I think it was a measure of the fact that it w of how serious it was that, to be honest, data protection conferences tend not to be that well uh, attended historically. You know, I can remember going and speaking to 12 or 15 or 20 people at these events. There were 300 there and a waiting list and literally standing room only at the back. And a measure of Google's problems, I, you know, I'm not just here to knock them, I do have some sympathy with their position. Google have already received requests since the judgment affecting 250,000 URLs. So 250,000 pieces of content on the internet that people don't want Google to link to. So it's a huge issue uh, over here in Europe. And I think perhaps you don't get a, a, a flavor of, of the magnitude of it over in the US. So, but, but I wonder if that is the case, Eric. Is the right to be forgotten having any impact at all over there? You know, Jonathan, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, but I really feel like, and this is just you know one person speaking, but I really feel like what you're describing on your side of the pond is ahead of us, if you want to call it ahead of us. I mean, it sounds like to me there's more activity. I just don't hear that much of a buzz about it over here in the U.S. Uh, yet, uh, although, again, one person speaking, it won't surprise me uh, if we have you know, this issue emerging uh, relatively soon. I, I think it's an important issue, and um, you know, just like I think in some ways you know, the EU has been ahead of the U.S. in terms of privacy issues and protections, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, you're moving over there. You're moving forward uh, ahead of us, but uh, I'm sure it'll catch on here. Uh, do you agree with that sentiment? Based, I mean, I know obviously you have feelings here in the U.S. too, Jonathan. But do you agree with what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously seeing an impact on uh, U.S. clients. Some of our clients, we dealt with some right to be forgotten requests for them, uh, uh, it, both in the EU and in Switzerland. I wonder, being slightly cynical about it, as if the, the, the next time when the U.S. will really look at this will be reporting season for the likes of Google. My suspicion is that if you're reviewing 250,000 URLs, I know Google make good money, but that's bound to have some impact on your overheads and as a result might well be a, a feature of their next uh, quarter's report and maybe then when the US see the impact on the bottom line on companies like Google and, and Microsoft because Bing their search engines under the you know similar uh, similar pressure to do stuff maybe then people in the US will be more cognizant of it because they can see you know the impact on the bottom line for these corporations and, and it won't be just some distant thing that's happening in Europe. Yeah, interesting question. I mean, they are so big. I mean, the, the Googles of the world that, you know, will, you know, such an event that you're describing be still to be deemed material uh, worthy of reporting in their, in their quarterlies. We'll, we'll find out. But even if that doesn't happen, uh, I do think the buzz ultimately will carry over here. It, it's a large issue. It, it's not going to go away. Uh, there's no reason to think that, it won't be an issue here in the U.S. How could that possibly be, don't you think, Jonathan? I think that must be right. I suppose for compliance reasons, don't we have to state that that 
doesn't involve us giving advice on the volatility of any one share price, but it's certainly something that's going to be worth uh, looking out for, I think. Absolutely right. I definitely agree with that. Well, fascinating topic. Is there anything more you want to add on this, Jonathan? It sounds like you had a very interesting uh, discussion last night. It was, and, and I suppose I suppose the only other thing I'd add, which is a slightly off-the-wall comment, is that you know we've had debates on Twitter and online about uh, uh, techie subjects in the past, and you and I have debated them over the phone. A bit of an old-fashioned comment in that it was genuinely refreshing for a lot of people from all sorts of different uh, aspects of the issue to sit in a room and talk about it face-to-face. So it's, it's slightly perverse that one of the most significant technology issues of our day, some clarity was brought to the situation by everybody sitting in one room and chatting it through. Well, frankly, maybe that's the subject of a later podcast. Once in a while, you know, face-to-face uh, get-togethers can really yield you know, productive discussion, notwithstanding the ease and the benefits we uh, experience from you know, telecommunications of all different types. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. And thanks to our friend Laura Roberts for putting it together. Hard to believe that we've now, we're, I think we're, we're approaching 125 podcasts. Right. And, and of all the times we've been together in these podcasts and otherwise, you know, a, a small fraction of that time that we've actually been physically together in person, Jonathan. So I, yeah, I that's forward, true. I look forward to the next time when we're actually in the same room. Yeah, well, you're always welcome to Hawaii next week. Hawaii, now you're <laughs> such, such such short notice. I'm not sure I can make it next time. Give me, give me more of a heads up. Anyway, I'll wave uh, on the way over. Oh, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us for our most recent edition of uh, Tech Law 10, which will keep coming to you weekly. You can find me at ejsinrod at duanemorris.com. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. Maybe someday you'll actually see us in person if you have not already. And Jonathan will never be forgotten, so I turn it over to him to close things out. That's kind, and this is uh, uh, Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry HQ within the Sound of the Bells of St. Paul's, if you can get those in the background. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, as ever, for listening. I'm Jonathan Armstrong at CordryCompliance.com. Do keep sending us your topics. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Cheers.